Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. Longest episodic podcast that includes hockey and wrestling, the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast with your pals Rob and Dave. It's true. It's damn true. No self high five this week. No, no DDP. No. No, here comes the money. No. It's a rainy Thursday. Ho ho, weather Dave. <laughs> <laughs> How wet is it? Oh, that's what she asked. <laughs> <sighs> Episode 37, show me the money! Yeah, we were supposed to go with Here Comes the Money, but someone dropped, the producer dropped the ball. Yeah, we gotta fire that ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. And you. We multitask on this show, don't, do we not? I'm just a writer. Alright. <laughs> You're the behind the scenes guy and occasionally on the mic? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you one day a week, Dave, huh? Who, who, I invented podcasts, Robin. Oh, boy. Uh, so we'll get into the Stanley Cup Finals, but we finally have two teams. Yay, yay. It's uh, it's an it's an all-ex-devil. Uh, <laughs> it's a feel-good story, Doc, uh, you know? <laughs> it's You got the St. Louis Blues January 3rd. They were in last place. Good for them. They came back, and, you know, now they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals. You got the Boston Bruins, who are one of the favorites all year. I'll tell you what, I went back and looked at our predictions while... One at eight? Uh, hey, I got one right. I got two right, actually. I did say the Bruins would be a good team, and I also said, on paper, St. Louis, go back and listen, St. Louis, on paper, is a Stanley Cup contender. That's the hey. Look. So, now, on paper, I'm right. Yeah, it's very true. But, hey, you know what? Going through <clears throat> from the start of the playoffs to now, you, you've had excitement. No matter who the teams were, you had an exciting... Uh, these Eastern Conference Finals were bad, though. I mean, the, the whole East was bad. You have sweep, 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 sweep. all the way along. You know, and, and the, bo- the bottom half of the card got swept. And it wasn't even like the the Hurricanes and the the Bruins were close. It wasn't was, even close. No, it, it, it was, I mean, there wasn't even a game where you were like, <gasps> like it was like all right. Hurricane season decided to end a little early this year. And they I hope not. Re- they, re- well, <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of their uh, hot spot, I guess. And even the Sharks. St. Louis series, like, well, other I, than the hand pass goal game, yeah, which St. Louis, you know, 
good for them for bouncing back and not letting that be the deciding factor you know, for that the, series. The, yeah, yeah the, the cancer of that series. They battled back, but even that series, like St. Louis, manhandled what was left of the Sharks because by the time yeah, by, by the six, time it, yeah by the time it ended, you had what did um uh, who were the three? It was uh, Carlson, Carlson was out, um, um, Hurdle, right, and, and Pavelski, Pavelski eventually was didn't a, play. Oh, so it was a game time, but then he just simply didn't play. So yeah. you, there was a possible two out of three, then all all out of three not playing. And when I saw that the other night, I literally said, "Ah, oh, shit, no, they don't have a chance." No, like, no, you don't. You don't take out three big players, even one big, maybe two. And I think and they he, knew it because, like Carlson and what's his name, Car- Carlson and Hurdle didn't even make the trip to St. Louis. No, not at all. Which I don't know. I don't. What, then, do you, what do you do in a situation like that for, from a management standpoint? Even if they don't play, isn't it one of those, you're coming with us, unless they have severe concussions where they cannot fly? Well, no, I don't think it – I mean, Hurdle probably a concussion, but where Carlson, if you think about it, it gives them an extra two days rest. If, when let's it, say, when it, if, if when San Jose it, won, yeah. you know, they – what was it, on Monday? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they won on Monday – they would have flew home Tuesday. They probably wouldn't have played Wednesday. They probably would have played Thursday, today. So it would have gave them an extra two days to kind of heal. But from what DeBoer said at their press conference, that like Pavelski was nowhere near close to playing. That's rough. <clears throat> it really is rough. I mean, but hey, Stanley Cup Finals, <clears throat> Bruins, Blues. Yeah, how many times, and I know you commented on it, how many times are we going to see fucking Bobby Orr flying through the year now? Oh, until the series is over. Because they beat St. Louis in 1970. It's a classic rematch. How many times are we going to see the St. Louis Arch? How many times am I going to see Quincy Market? (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to see J.I. having a lobster roll down there on Quincy Market with his, you know, driving his car along, trying to get to the garden, hanging out with Noma? And then I'm going to have St. Louis. I'm going to have to hear about the barbecue and the blues. And, you know, God bless their good story with the, the girl. Uh, what the hell was her name? Oh, the fan that got the puck thing. Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, the rare form. Of, and that's a great story. And, you know, you hope. I mean, St. Louis has right now all of the feel-good stories. Wasn't last year's thing, too, that one guy that was never a hockey fan at all, never seen a hockey game, never understood what hockey was, he became a fan when they got in the playoffs? And oh, you mean everybody in Vegas? <laughs> no, 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 this was St. Louis. Not, oh. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one uh, black guy that was like, and they made a story about him, which the more I think about it now, it's more of one of those. The Devils had a guy by the name of Cameron who magically appeared out of his seat when the song came on oh, and started, started throwing T-shirts shirts off of himself. And then you see him in every other arena. Yeah. And I saw him at the U.S. Open once doing the same thing. So, you know, it's that Cameron effect. What the fuck are we doing wrong for work? That guy's probably (laughs) making six figures by just ripping T-shirts off and looking like Phil Kessel. After hot dogs. Can we talk a little bit about the devils, please? I need to cleanse my palate of that disgusting image. So today we're going to talk about some. I think I made a list of 13 uh, free agents, and then next week we'll go through another list of, you know, but these are the top, what most people would consider the top free agents. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but should we follow the old Luth philosophy of not signing the big sexy name because it's going to put asses in the seats, but signing the, the player that fits us? 
I think you best. go. I think you go with the same way that you look at the number one pick in the draft. Do you want the sexy, flashy of a capo kind of free agent? Do you want the complementary player that's going to make the team better in a in a hues when it comes to free agency? I, I think I've always been the the fan of the devil's team getting that guy that's going to bring in other free agents when they need it, you know, and and having this team be a possible destination for free agency. Not one of those July 1st is coming up. Your agent goes, give me a list of people you don't want to go to. And the number one team on the list every year is the devils. Yeah. And then I don't know if that's the same anymore, you know, well, since Shiro rebuilt the team in his name. Well, uh, that, and you got, you know, we never had that, at least while they were with us, we never had that superstar, you know, like Brodeur, yes, but he was a part, he was a part of the machine, him, Stevens, Niedemeyer, they were all parts of the machine, but now we have Hall, he's a superstar, you know, the opportunity to play with a former number one, well, not just one, he was a number one. Heischer's number one. Heischer's number one. Got another number and one then coming. let's say Hughes is number one. You know, that opportunity to play with those guys, you know, that, that could be a real bonus to some. The problem with signing in New Jersey right now is you make $10 million. At the end of the day, you're making seven. You're making, and then you take your agent and whatever other five. Fee, <laughs> you're making $5 million, as opposed to if you go to Dallas, the Florida teams, yep. Nashville, you make $10 million, you're walking away with eight and a half. Right. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, if you look at it, we've we've beaten it to a pulp but you need defensemen so you look at defense first right because if you look at offense i don't think eberle is that is that like top tier free agent yes it's a big name but i don't think it's a he's he's a top 20 free agent this year i mean this year's got a lot of good free agents so who would you go defensively i mean if we're gonna jump ahead (laughs) well no i mean uh, that well, whole list is for for us too. Yeah. Oh. Well. Sure. Who would I go after defensively? I don't think free agent wise, there is a defenseman on that list mm-hmm. that is going to make us instantly better. Like, yeah, you could look at Carlson and go, well, how could you not go after, you know, Eric Carlson? He's one of the top defensemen. Yeah, he is. But do we really need another offensive defenseman that gets lost in his own zone? Is is the you know the sweet better than the sour? Is it good to get his points? But on the other side, he's going to be a minus twenty. Because if that's the case, we have Damon Severson. You know, it's, Sand, sands the, um, the anchor of a contract, right? And on top of that, he's going to—I mean, I was going to talk about it later, but who knows what he's going to be asking because. He's definitely hurt. Like, there's something seriously, whether it's a groin, a knee, his ankle, his foot, whatever it is, he's going to be on, like, if he's not having surgery tomorrow, he's going to miss probably, I would say, till at least Thanksgiving. Because it's something lower body. You could definitely tell that his injury affected his skating Mm -hmm. throughout the playoffs. 
But as far as defensemen, I think our best option is to go after a trade for a team. So somebody like Jared Spurgeon in Minnesota, that would be a pretty good one. Um, I know you have on here the cap strap targets teams that are kind of up against it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brian Dumoulin's a nice defenseman, but is he anything that that's going to help us? I mean, he had a career year of 23 points. He was a plus 31. Yeah, that's nice. But he's also playing with Chris Letang, where a lot of those assists are him D to D to, to Crosby goal. <laughs> right. You know? <clears throat> well, it's almost going to end up being like that Johansson scenario where he played with Ovi and all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, but Johansson's showing it now, too, and he's playing on their third line. I mean, he's if you look at his stat-wise, yeah, he's look, light out better than Andy Green statistically, but I don't know. Is it worth a second-round pick for a essentially a number three defenseman? Probably not. I mean, if you could throw somebody else in that deal and not Phil Kessel, but, like, maybe. But then again, it's Pittsburgh, and we have our... And they're not going to want to get rid of him because if they go with the rumor that's out today, they're losing Jack Johnson, and they're going to be down another defenseman. So... It's tough that I think def- defensively, it's it's either I think he goes trade route, like he did with a Votnin and, and, and all that kind of stuff, or... And then the rest of it is just like like offense. Like who do you who do you get to plug in holes? Like you could get like one or two, like an Eberle, right? So then that shifts kind of all your 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 lines down a little bit. So now you're really focusing on your third and fourth line. We've yeah. talked about it. Fourth line is essentially should be the kids. No, it should be the kids, or it should be a shutdown line or an energy line. And if you Mikey McLeod, God bless him not an energy player. He's not effect he's not going to be effective on a fourth line. On a fourth line. He's a guy that needs to play with skill. Okay. You know, you ask me Woods a fourth line player. But they're not what they're paying him, they're yeah, not yeah. going to put him there. He's a fourth line fast guy, going to bang it in, could fight. He's going to get the puck deep. Oh, there's the ice cream, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh if if you ask me, it our fourth line should be something like Wood, uh, Rooney, there's an energy guy, and then you throw somebody, I don't want to say Quinville, because Quinville, I think, is done. Why am I going blank right now? And Anderson. Okay. Where they're, they're guys that are going to play on your penalty kill. You're going to throw them out there after you give up a goal to go out there and bang and change the momentum. And Mikey McLeod should be our third line center where he's playing with somebody like a Coleman. You know, it's it's just right now we don't know because we don't know who's gonna be there, who's gonna get traded, who's yeah. gonna who we're gonna draft. I mean, I think we do, but but yeah, as far as other cap strap teams, Vegas now instantly has become one of those cap strap teams because after two years. Well, they're signing big <laughs> players, and in this list Ryan Reeves. Uh, Ryan I mean, Reeves. Yeah, I don't no. need Ryan Reeves. I don't need nine goals and 11 assists. Oh, his true value could be found away from the score sheet. Where? No. where we, we don't need it. I don't need a guy that we're probably going to give up a, a Miles Wood for just essentially a 
A goon. A goon. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, just, I mean, uh, he can play, but he's gonna try. It's it's he's gonna be more goon than than Nikita Gushoff. They're not Vegas isn't gonna get rid of this guy. They just signed him. So, it's a, a lot of articles. I think now are wishful thinking, because I think that they that we fell so hard on our ass this year. I don't. Yeah, but Sands did we injury? Yeah. Look, did we or did we just play to what we were supposed to have played last year? I don't know. It's it's how you think about if we overshot last year Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. I think we 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 always say on this is that you go who, who's on a streak. We went on a streak and we made the playoffs. We got cut down by the best fucking almost best fucking team in the league, but whatever. I don't know. At this point, yeah, you don't know who's going to get traded, who's going to be a piece to find a piece. But if if you're if you take it for face value of what Hall said, what Shiro said, and a change of talent is coming in, and who's going out? Right. And we discussed it a few you know, shows ago that guys like Wood, like those fringe guys, who are on nice contracts, manageable contracts, who. Like like I said, fringe, like wood. You can trade him, and all of a sudden, boom, he may be the next fucking Wayne Gretzky. You never know. But, no, but I don't I'm see just <laughs> I know. saying that, you know, you, you toss him in, and you get that defenseman you absolutely need. And you sit there, and you go, that was a good trade. That's what we needed. Right. I mean, it's easy to play yeah, Monday Marshall. morning quarterback yeah. un- until you have to be the guy uh, that does it. Tampa Bay's cap strap. They're saying Alex Kalorn. I mean, he's nice. He's a nice player. He's had between 36 and 41 points in the last six years. Do I need another guy like that to play second, third line minutes? I don't know. Now, the other one they have is Tyler Johnson. They're going to want a first-round pick. This guy's 28. He's coming off. You know, he scored almost 30 goals, 18 assists. He's kind of a smaller guy. He's definitely got skill. He's a top-six forward. He could play all three forward positions, but he's coming off a five million dollar deal how much are we really going to pay him he's an rfa so i mean you have other rfas that you can focus on right and then the capitals have andre burkowski do you think that ray would swindle them for a second round pick for another guy no i don't, I don't need mojo point 2.0 and he didn't really have a that good of a year i mean he's coming off Unrestricted, he signed with three point two million, so he's going to be looking for a raise. He didn't get twenty goals this year. Um, yeah, it's I, I, I don't know if he's worth it. It sucks right now because there is simply way too much time before the fucking draft. Yeah, we got and a month. The Stanley, Cup, the Stanley Cups didn't even start yet. Yep. Oh yeah. Everybody's Monday. stupid. <laughs> Hey, happy Memorial Day for those in the United States of America. And there's no Saturday. I think there's one Friday night game and one Sunday game. Like, there's no the, the, Saturday the, night game. The, pl- the playoffs are, what, two weeks long, right? Yep. Two weeks plus, like maybe a couple days. Well, I mean, now that we have to wait till Monday, it's definitely another two weeks. So It's going to be a two weeks unless okay. somebody sweeps. And the travel's not that bad. No. Short little hop, little hop flight, and it's not like we're going. You're going from coast to coast, which would probably make it a seven-game series, and everybody's dog-ass tired by game yeah. by game four. And 
All right, the Devils have severed partnership with the Riveters. Yeah. I think this is a bigger deal for the entire league. I think you're going to see every uh, one of those was it WNHL or is it NWHL, whatever. All of those teams that have NHL connections are slowly going to just cut them. ties, yeah. Yep. And I don't know if they're doing it in a move of solidarity for the women players or if they're being told by the NHL, we're not going to be forced into this and we're not going to force you to pay. Yeah, because allegedly, uh, just from some social media conversations, that when the deal originally with the Riveters and Devils what, what came out, the Devils mentioned, yes, we're going to be pumping some promotional stuff with the you know the rink stuff, and 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 you fast forward, that never happened. Like, well, I mean, they gave away tickets at Devil games for the Riveter games. They did the, you know, if you go to the River game, you can come into the. You know, yeah. the Devils game kind of thing. They changed their jersey colors to be the Devil colors and whatnot, but now they're not even going to be playing at the Prudential Center? Nope. Uh, everything. They have to find a new home. They should go to They should go to West Orange. They should go. They have the Devils old locker room there that the, the, the women can use. Right. All that stuff. It's got a nice, small enough arena that if you get, you know, seven, 800 people in there, it, it's going to feel like an old school arena barn for them. Um, yeah, I think it would be nice, but I can't see where else they'd play in this area unless they go to Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, which I doubt it. I think they're more like a like a, a Ranger Devil this area. Like, yeah. Like the, the eastern part of Jersey, western part of New York. But there aren't many arenas that could sit. <clears throat> it's either South Mountain Arena in West Orange or it's you go to Montclair. Nope, Montclair doesn't have a lot of seating area. Or it's Men in Arena in Morristown. So Those are the only ones that have, yeah. like, seat seats. And I think there was news that came out today that the W... Right. The women, NWH. The, yeah, whatever they are in their Players Association said that they're, what, six teams, whatever, however many teams, eight teams, whatever there are. Um, they, they've set their schedule... They've they've now actually said that there's going to be more frequent payments made, like a more like a scheduled payment system, which doesn't make it sound very good. Right, they're still being paid dick though. That's what sucks. No yes. pun intended. Um, it, it is because you look at look, they're playing their hearts out. Yeah, and, most of them have to have other jobs. Yeah, these things are on weekends, and they're, they're, they have their nine to five Monday to Friday, and then they're playing weekend hockey, or or you know night game hockey towards the weekend. It's, but yep. NHL news. Do, 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 Lots of. Do we do we need a little jingle for this? One do, day. Do we have Do we have people out there that listen that do jingles? Yes. Then you know what? Please reach out to us. Yeah. Let's get some jingles going. We want to have some outside of these two ass half-assed voices. Yeah. Let's have some jingles, some noise. The NHL uh, Vegas team has let it be known that they are shopping right-handed defenseman Colin Miller. He has fallen out of favor, eh? Yeah, he's 26 years old. I think he had 29 points last year. Again, would he fit with the Devils? Possibly. But is is he is he a Connor Carrick, or is he more of a, I'll just say, Damon Severson, Sammy Votnin? You know, that, not, he, like is it, what is he? I would say he is a 3-4 defenseman. 3-4-5. 
Okay, so at a three, four, five, at twenty six years of age, two years running a, a, a team, rubbing on their nerves, right? How much would you give up? I'd give up one of our thirds. One of our thirds. I mean, we have two third round picks. Look, if it's going to be a reclamation project, which apparently we kind of like, there's like a fringe reclamation kind of like Connor Carrick's one of those like. It's not change of scenery, and uh, yeah. you know who's the other one? Murphy, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, that we didn't see much of. You never know. Uh, Rangers assistant GM and vice president Jim Schoenfeld, former Devil, has resigned from the team. I want to say this has something to do with our next news that John the, Davidson. That John Davidson has been announced as the Rangers president of hockey ops, a job that he had previously with. The Columbus Blue Jackets and a job that he had previously with the St. Louis Blues. Um, I want to say that Schoenfeld probably thought he was up for that job. And when they said, oh, we're going to go with J.D. and we're going to, you know, he's going to come over. He was like, all right, fuck you. I'm I'm out. out. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck (laughs) you. You're cool. I'm out. And J.D. takes over. I've always liked J.D. So have I. Even... Look. Even when he was the Rangers commentator, he yes. was he was very level-headed. He wasn't a homer like we've had to deal with both Devils and Ranger fans. You know, the Devils have some homer, homer people. Danico's not bad. Chico was super fucking homer. Um, and Cangelosi, Sam, Sam Rosen and John Joe Micheletti. Joe, Joe Micheletti. Oh, they are the fucking worst. They are the worst. Um, and it's not because they're Rangers guys. It's just that when I hear Micheletti on the national broadcast, it, it's like it, it's like Pierre Maguire, ugh. but because he's the Rangers guy. It makes it worse. Yeah. What I like about JD is he was on the fan yesterday. And Sports Radio 66. Are they the still? No, no, they're not on 66 anymore, are they? Yeah. They are still? Yeah. I thought they moved around. Anyway. Um, or was it just a And they asked him, around? you know, Don LaGreca asked him, like, oh, well, what are you thinking? Are you thinking Kapu? Are you thinking Jack Hughes or whatever? Uh, did he say something? And I'm thinking goes, about how to get my stuff in my office still. He goes, well, you know, he goes, we're not really in that decision right now. He goes, and what a great, he goes, what a great opportunity for the tri-state area. And he was very, like, it wasn't just like, oh, the devils are going to pick it. And he goes, you know, Devils are going to pick this and we're going to pick that. He was like, this is going to be great for the tri-state area to have these two guys. He goes, because it's going to be one of these two guys. And he says, it's going to be super great for the tri-state area. It's going to, you know, pump a little gas into the fire and the rivalry. He goes, I just wish that the number one pick was somewhere in the West Coast that I didn't have to look across the river and see him <laughs> all of the time. And you know what? You ask Ray Shiro, he'd probably, he'd say, probably the say the same, same thing. thing. I wish that the number two pick was yeah. Vancouver. Uh, today, the Ottawa Senators had named DJ Smith. He was formerly the assistant coach for Mike Babcock in Toronto. He was also the head coach of the Marlies before Sheldon Keefe took over. Um, he was named the Senators head coach. There were rumors that Patrick Watt interviewed for the job. Now, did he? He did interview for the job. Now, here's what I heard while driving here today. Mm-hmm. Um, on 31 Thoughts, they said that they had heard that Patrick Watt will never get another head coaching job again because they questioned his 
I don't want to say loyalty, but his work ethic. That he wasn't ready to be a head coach when he was thrown in Colorado. Is it one of those a head coach needs to be near 24-7 and he just wants to be a 9-5? Yeah, kind of thing. Oof. And that he was he lobbied for the senators to interview him to show the rest of the league that he's ready to do this. So it's more of a show me. It's it's more of a resume stuffer than. I I think that he'll get a he'll get another head coaching chance. Uh, if I had to guess, when Quebec gets his team, no. Nah. Can you imagine that? If I had to guess, I'm going to say Minnesota. Because Boudreaux's probably on a really really short leash. When isn't he? Um, the Carolina Hurricanes plan on buying out goaltender Scott Darling, who's sitting in their minor league. Two years left with an annual contract of $4.15 million. Uh, it basically saves them about, what, just a little under $3 million? Uh. $2.8 million uh, for the next four years. It sucks. I hope he gets another shot. And he's cleared of his concussion stuff, right? Or, yeah. or no. was it a concussion or was it like a No, he was a uh he had mental issues. Men- All right. So yeah, they're saving two point nine million this year and then just about one point eight the next three years. So eh. that's enough to sign some young guy. All right, playoff news. Uh the Bruins swept the sweepers. The Hurricanes and we have St. Louis. Gloria <laughs> um, versus the Bruins versus the Bruins. So, uh, um, uh, oh shit! What's the Irish thing for them? Uh, heading up to Boston. Oh, shipping up to Boston. Shipping up to Boston. Shipping up to Boston. Which I'm sure they don't do, right? That's just more. Oh, no, they absolutely do. That oh, song. do they? Oh, yep, right. they do that song. <laughs> as long as they don't pull out fucking Renee Rancourt, I think that's his name, to do the anthem. At Bruins games. Ugh. I know he retired last year. He was the, the guy with the wig and the mustache and the, the fist pump. And then the point and then the fist pump and then another point. Oh, my God. I would text my friends in Massachusetts all the time and be like. Why? How? Between him and Jack Edwards, how could you call yourself oh my a fucking God, Bruins yeah. fan? Jack Edwards. Talk about homers. Oh, I thought, I thought I thought Philly announcers were bad. He is. He is the Oof. worst. And he tries to turn everything into a fucking historical battle. The beating that he took was worse than the Indians took from the Pilgrims. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You, you sucked on ESPN and you oh, he still was, suck. Now. And it's a shame because he's got a good voice, especially for Boston. But, man, he fucking blows. You know what, you know what voice I miss? Gary Thorne. Gary Thorne. I said I that Gary. yesterday. I said JD and Gary Thorne. When they did the Fox games, was the best one-two punch. But now Gary Thorne is drowning in Baltimore Oriole baseball. Well, at least he's not drowning in New York Mets baseball. Hey. Hey now. Hey now. All right, so today we're going to talk about the big... Show me the fucking money. We're going to talk about the big free agents that are headed to unrestricted free agency this summer. Uh, we do have to take one of these names off the list today. Uh, Lee signed with the, no, the other one. The other one? Brock Nelson. Oh, Brock Nelson. Signed a six-year deal. Did we write that down? 
No, but we did talk about it. Okay. Right now. Right now. Um, so, yeah, he signed a six-year deal with the Islanders. We can't get you any numbers on that at the time. But most people would probably say that the number one free agent this summer is the breadman Panarin. Uh, potential teams that are... Does, have, he, does he even have a shot of going back to Columbus? No. Not at all. The teams that they have linked to him, Florida being probably the first kind of front runner... Uh, after that, the, I know the Rangers really want him. Now and, now with having John Davidson right. on board. Yeah, but that could be a reason for him not to go to New York. Maybe he didn't like the way they handled mm. the whole situation. Could be. And if he wants to be in the tri-state area and not be under the bright lights of New York City, uh, they he can go to the Islanders. Now, he did make a comment translated in Russian, whatever. Which, which always turns out well. Yeah, that he said... When they said, oh, so how are you going to like playing in Florida? And he made the comment like... Yeah, they don't have any fans. They don't have any fans there. And he's not fucking lying. But you know what they do have? Money. Cash. Cash. Cash yeah. So you're really going to see, is it show me the money or is it show me a chance to win? And considering what we personally feel knowing Russians, probably the money. You give me money, I play hockey. Um, the next one would probably be Eric Carlson. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, Eric Carlson is injury prone right now. He is hurt. And how old is he? Is he? Uh, I want to say he's is pushing thirty. Okay. And obviously, well, I mean, this season, you know, he's 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 got some age on his legs. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely so. got something wrong with him, as we said. Um, he did come out and say that he's looking to go to the somewhere on the East Coast. A lot of people are like, if you look at a lot of this, a lot of these people don't want to go on the West Coast because the travel is killer. Like, if you play for LA, you play for Vancouver. You have to play East Coast teams how many times a year? That, but that, not even that. Like, you have oh, Vancouver, like Vancouver, Edmonton, to like Calgary, to, like to like yeah, to Vegas, to San yeah, Jose. Even like, if you're if you're I think it would. They said it was Edmonton, that or and Winnipeg. Like every game, away game, you're on a flight for at least five hours, except for Calgary and Edmonton. You know, and meanwhile, if you're playing for the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, you could even probably throw Pittsburgh in there. Yeah, there's at least. Five that you're looking at. Let's see if we play every team four times. So you're looking at at least sixteen games where you go play the game, either get on a plane or get on a bus, and you're back in your own bed that night, as opposed to flying, going into a hotel, doing a morning skate, playing your game, coming back after the game, either getting on a plane and landing back in your hometown, you know, at four in the morning and then driving back to your house and then sleeping and then getting up. Like it's as opposed to the devils where at two o'clock in the morning, if the devils played the Rangers by two o'clock in the morning, you're in your own bed asleep for like an hour or two already. That's true. So, I mean, moving out West is, is rough. Uh, Carlson, I don't think, like the fact of playing out west. So even though I have the Sharks on here, I don't know if 
you want to waste. He's going to look for about... Oh, by the way, Panarin's going to look for 10-plus. I'm going to say his starting number is 10. Uh, if there was a shot. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, it's, and I'm, I'm really trying to pull fantasy out of it. I'm, I'm really looking at this as being from a league standpoint. And you didn't also get enough of that with huh? Game of Thrones? Say what? You didn't get enough fantasy with Game of Thrones? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fanboys. Shut up. All right, so no for Panarin. Carlson? No. Okay. He's going to look for, I would say, no less than eight and a half. He might take a discount to go play in Tampa. There's talk of him going to the Rangers. If I'm a Ranger fan, I don't want him. Because you'd have him and and, uh, what's his name from last season? Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk going, you know, name-wise, it's fucking great. You know, oh, it's it's sexy as hell. But are you gonna but, are yeah. you're gonna put seventeen million dollars between? No, Shattenkirk makes what like six. So let's say yeah. And you're even gonna, Shattenkirk was even put on a on a like a trade rumor list kind yeah. of thing too. Like they're gonna put fifteen million dollars between two defensemen. Mm. Dallas, I don't think needs him. So if he wants to take a pay cut and go to Dallas, I mean Tampa Bay Tampa. for a chance to win. Bobrovsky, uh, I would. By the way, Carlson, I would say no less than eight and a half million. Okay. Even though I think he made nine this year. Uh, Bobrovsky, I could see Florida, the Islanders, or if Columbus throws him big money, even though he put his condo up for sale. And I don't know if he would go to the Islanders just because I think Lou is kind of set. He's okay with Lerner. Yeah, but he's a free agent. I would look the way Lou is with players and the way that he bounced back this season with from his all like the mental stuff that he had. The same Lou that let Marty Brodeur walk. That's a good conversation to have later on about what you think really happened. I mean, he wanted to just play what nine more games. He and he went to St. Louis and he's where he could have definitely played for us for what? 20 games and let Corey get the other 60? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I could see him going to Florida. I think so. That That's probably because what teams need goalies? Like legitimately. Oh, even Florida goalies. doesn't really need it. I mean, they Florida just needs someone to pick up the torch from Luongo. Luongo. Which means they're going to have to get rid of a goalie because they have. What's his name? Uh, the former uh, t- uh, Toronto guy, right? R- James Reamer. Yeah. James Reamer. I'm sorry. Um, former uh, Maple Leaf. Yeah. Former um, King, was it, for, for like a, a minute, right? Uh, Didn't he? I thought he went to the Kings for I think he time. went to the Sharks. Did he? I don't know. It was, something. It was, really, it was two quick ones. So. Uh, but he's going to, Bobrovsky's going to, I would say for a goalie-wise. Looking long-term. I would. I would give him. He's another one I'd give like eight and a half to, especially in Florida because eight and a half is really like six with their no taxes and whatnot. And, and considering that there's a tie, I mean, look, you, you have a hell of a coach in Florida now, right? You have a GM who has ties to Panarin at least, right? So they're building something in Florida with an already, it, they're not rebuilding, right? They just need pieces. Yeah, they they need a retool. Okay, so yeah. I, 
go to Florida. Just go Florida and be done with it. Right. Bring Panarin with you. And I'd see both of those. And that that's like that's as soon as like the clock hits noon on July first. Oh, he's kinda boom. Two two guys are off the board like that signing out contracts in Florida in my opinion. Yep. Unless they go the Tavares, I'm gonna have meetings kind of come to me. I think the next fucking player that actually says that and does that, all the NHL teams go, you can go scratch, pal. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Because <laughs> someone's going to be like, well, fuck it. If no one else is going, I'll go. Um, next one, Matthew Matt Shane. I, I, if, if Panarin and Bobrovsky walk, they'll have enough money to throw at Duchesne. If not, he's going to Nashville. I could also see the Rangers throwing money at him. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rangers have their kind of center set up. Okay. I'd say, would you, if, and I'll throw an if on this one, if you get rid of Travis, would you? No. Okay. Again, if we're talking about putting a Band-Aid on a bigger problem, yeah. But like I said before, is this going after the sexy name or actually putting him in a spot where we need him? You're going to pay $9 million for a guy to be our third-line center? I I would take Travis at this point. With his, what, six? Right, but on the other, but what I mean is, look at who he'll be playing with. Or, are you going to bump Nico down and then bump Jack Hughes to be our third line center? Mm. So when you think about, like, positioning, yeah, right. it doesn't fit. Okay. Um, he's going to look for around $9 million. Skinner. Yep, Jeff Skinner, big year in, in uh, Buffalo. Was it because he was good, or is it because he got to play with, you know, Jack Eichel and stuff? I could see Dallas taking a run at him. The Rangers were always linked to him, even when he was in Carolina. Um, I think he'd be a good pick pickup for the Rangers. And I could see Columbus again. Columbus if, going if after him lose if they Panarin. lose out. Yeah. Right. Um, the, Anders Lee. Well, all about the the Jersey. The yeah. Devils website said that we should go after Jeff Skinner. I don't agree with it. I think you're going to he's going to look for 8 million, 9 million dollars. So now you're telling me we're going to give Hall 8, 9 million dollars, 10 million dollars this guy. So between two guys we're going to have almost 20 million dollars. I'd rather have if we're going to do that, I'd rather it be Nico and Hall than Jeff Skinner. Okay. Andersley, I wouldn't mind the Devils going after him. Nice little second line kind of could bump up, you know, first line if you need him to be. But I think he'll resign with the Islanders. He's going to look at, I would say he's probably going to get somewhere around 5.5 annually over times, what, seven years? Because if he resigns with the Islanders, I could see Ottawa going after him because Ottawa has a ton of money to throw around. I could also see Detroit. He seems like an Iserman kind of player. But he all right. So he got a taste of the playoffs now with the Islanders, and he sees what he has in front of him. If he doesn't go Islanders, he he has that taste of play, playoffs in his mouth. I don't think he's going to go to the Ottawa, and I don't think he's going to Detroit. Detroit's too far away from a from anything closer I mean, than Ottawa. But again, you, we don't know what these players are looking for. Like yep. this is his first chance of making big money. Like this is going to be the contract that sets you up for the rest of your life. Right. So if Detroit comes knocking and the Islanders are giving you 5.5 and Detroit and Ottawa turn around and go, I'll give you six and a half. I'll give you six and a half, seven. Mm. I don't know. You know, like it, it, it might make you go, you know, do I have a chance to win right away? 
No, but on the other side, I will be making like $400,000 every paycheck. Yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd, would, all right, the next one, Joe Pavelski. Would yeah. you? It depends what he would ask for, money-wise. If he's looking at like anywhere between four and a half and five and a half, yeah, I would give it a shot. But I think he's going to resign with San Jose. That's another guy that Ottawa could throw big money at to be their captain to come in and teach those young guys how to play right. If I'm Ottawa, that's a guy I, I make a serious pitch for. Um, Dallas, if he's looking for a chance to win mm-hmm. a cup and is willing to take like a cap-friendly kind of deal, mm-hmm. man, imagine Tyler Sagan, one side, it's center, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Ben. That's that's your shoes. That's your Superman line. And then, or you put the the hints guy, Zuccarello, and Pavelski. Like the, they, and then you still have Radloff somewhere. Um, Brock Nelson, we said signed. Yeah. Uh, I would say Pavelski resigns with the Sharks for around six. Uh, Nelson resigned. Tyler Myers is a defenseman, big guy. Uh, I think he won Rookie of the Year when he was in Buffalo way back in the day. Um, I think he resigned. It's between Winnipeg, Vancouver, Edmonton. If Edmonton wanted to had the money to get one of those defensemen that they need that can play defense, make a good first pass, has a tradition of winning the last couple of years in Winnipeg, Tyler Myers would be a good one. If you ask me, would I as a Devil fan? I don't think he would come if we offered him, but he would become our number two defenseman. Him and Votnin together would be good. What's your sales pitch if you're Shiro? Like, understanding of what our history was, the, the lack of wanting to come I don't think you sell here, that. Or moving forward. I understand. All right. Moving so you- forward, look at our team. We have one of the youngest teams in the league. We have a Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer, uh, MVP from a year ago where we have the first round first overall pick Jack Hughes we have Nico Heischer we have Kyle Palmieri who is pumped in 30 goals since he's gotten here every almost every mm-hmm. year you know and there's you opportunity had. for you if I was pitching Tyler Myers I would say there's not only an opportunity for you to be part of the leadership that's going to help this team take it to the next step but you're also going to be a teacher to the young defensemen that are going to be coming up. Yeah, that say, you look, get look, to mentor like Henrik Talinder mentored you. Yeah, you look at the kids coming up and you go, look at the kids coming up. But Tyler Myers is a guy that if you offered him more than five years, you are, you're risking a guy that by the time that fourth, third, fourth year comes around, you're looking at a guy that's... Eddie Greening. <laughs> Chara, Chara-ing. Chara-ing. Oh, that's worse. All right, well. I mean, great leadership, good teaching, probably is going to be an excellent defensive coach one day, but I don't know. Can we sign up for that? <laughs> yeah. For the future? Yeah. Uh, Matt Zuccarello? Uh, does he go back to New York if at I'm, all? It, it, I, in my mind, I think I don't think he goes back to New York. Um, I think he either A, stays in Dallas for a chance to win. Mm-hmm. But if Pittsburgh can clear out money to get him, 
I tell you what, I'd be scared of. I I said it, I think, two years ago when Zuccarello was a free agent. If Zuccarello goes to Pittsburgh, him and Crosby would have unbelievable chemistry. If not him, him and Malkin. Uh, I could also see Philly. Tyler Myers, I could see looking for, by the way, sorry to go back. I could see Tyler Myers looking at anywhere between 5.5 and 7 a year. Zuccarello, I would say for him, between six and a half and eight, he's looking for. And I think he would go back to Dallas. I really like either Dallas or Philly. Those two seem like a, and like, but like you said, if, if Pittsburgh can can plow up money for him, and I mean, there's a lot of teams that I think these players would be perfect fit for, but just looking at cap space, you know that that's that's the real issue. Like Zuccarello in L.A. would be awesome. But they don't have the cap space. Zuccarello in Edmonton mm-hmm. would be awesome. They don't have the cap space for him at the moment. Uh, Alex Edler, the defenseman from Vancouver, I really can't see him playing anywhere other than Vancouver. But if Edmonton wanted to make a deal with him, that would help their defense. Um, Detroit is looking for someone to replace Cronwall and who's the other one? Erickson, Jonathan Erickson. He would be a good one, plus they're always known for their Swedes. Uh, and Montreal. He looks like a guy that could go to Montreal. And when Suter's always, not Suter, who's the other big one? Who's the, Shea Weber. Mm-hmm. When Shea Weber's hurt, he's a guy, Edler, that could kind of fit in defensively to take over that number one spot. He's probably going to get around, again, five and a half to seven annually. Uh, Nyquist, I think he resigns with the Sharks. I could also see the Rangers going after him, Ottawa going after him. Again, Ottawa has big money to throw at anybody they want. Uh, Vancouver, he'd be a nice little pickup to play with uh, Pedersen. And this is also a guy that all about the jersey thinks the Devils should go after. I don't know. I, I mean, if he's cheaper than the next guy, mm-hmm. who everybody has us linked to. Um, but Nyquist... Personally, I would offer him like four and a half to six. No more than that. Like four and a half with bonuses to six where he's getting at least five a year. Mm-hmm. Like games played, you know, kind of yeah. bonuses. And then the last one is Jordan Eberle. Why does why specifically is everybody linking him to us? Is it simply because of Taylor Hall? Mm-hmm. Are they like so? They're legitimately, but uh, not butt buddies, but yeah, they're well, buddy buddies, right? That too. Uh, hey, fucking floats the road. Yeah. But really, Eberle and Hall are like, yeah, they're buddy buddies. Busty, uh, busties, mm-hmm. busties. <laughs> it's quite impressive. Um, but on top of that, I like, I think he would be a really good fit. I mean, as much as I like the the Nico Brat mm-hmm. Hall line, there's times that Brat is completely. Overmatched. Well, okay. He's also what? Did Twenty. He, yeah. Did, yeah. Did he even play in Binghamton or Albany no. or where else have we have we been a, right. a river rat? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's the difference in on a three game win streak or a three game losing streak. You know, having the ability to move players mm-hmm. around, and we didn't right this year because we had tons of injuries. But with Brett, in my mind. Will he be a first-line center? I mean, first-line winger? I, I think he was playing over his head his first year. 
he is more of a second line guy. Mm-hmm. He can't go against. I mean, he's a little guy. He can't go against other teams' top defensemen. Where did he flourish this year? When he was on the line with Johansson and um, he really Zaka? didn't because he was hurt a lot. Then who am I thinking about that was that was playing with Zaka and Johansson that had chemistry and there was it was a good line. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Brat for like a Coleman? short time. I mean, it's it. it but going back to Everly, it's yes. I, I would, and and, the, and to me, not to to knock Everly, but like, if if you look at a Panarin, a, a Carlson, and an Everle, Everle is a far down that list of of, right. of a potential. So I would pick a guy like that. Going off of what you mentioned, right? You take Brad, and you can you can move these guys around. So you you give yourself a quote unquote problem, a good problem to have, because now you're getting depth. You're you, you're utilizing players that are. I'm not going to say that are going to project well, but you know what you kind of have in a brat or a Coleman or you, you kind of know, okay. Cause right. you've watched them in the last two years. You see what they have over. Yeah. You can, you can say, okay, over corpus of a season, they can give me this. You can move them around and make your team better. Um, Everly made $6 million last year, seven or eight, I... four, seven, right? Cause he can't, he can't do eight unless we trade for his rights. Right. I wouldn't give him full. A, f- a full seven? No. Full seven years? No. I would. I would sell him on. We're going to give you six and a half million, times four years. Okay. Like like like, like a like a bridgey kind no, of thing. No, just for him? like look. If you don't think that we're building in the right direction. After four years. Well, this is your opportunity okay. to leave. All right. If you want to leave, if you think that you can make more on a team that's going that's going in the right direction, good luck, buddy. But you're not going to get a chance to play with your best friend. You're not going to have. You're going to have to uproot your family and move everybody. Again. Again, as opposed to literally renting a U-Haul and driving over three bridges, four bridges, to get here. That's true. Or no bridges, but no, you can't drive a rental truck through the tunnels, so you're going to have to go over <laughs> the Verrazano. And, and, this, and this, for the metropolitan area, is the sales pitch that, that Ray Shiro gives yeah. every Jordan. So you're going to have to, and we'll pay for that, because it's going to be like 45 bucks to get here, because you're going to have to go over the Verrazano, <laughs> then the Bayonne, then the Turnpike Extension on 78. <laughs> And you know what? And then because, you're in Newark. Because Jordan Everlay's already been here. It's like, oh, you know your way around here. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a dollar seventy five in tolls it's a big truck. from New Jersey. But uh, yeah, he's a guy that I would Everly that I would definitely offer a base of six mm-hmm. with attainable bonuses of seven. So I think that would fill at least my wish list of a of a name on offense. My my whole thing is I want a name on offense, okay? I want a name on defense. So yes, yeah, so my whole big fantasy thing, I'd take Carlson, I'd take Everly. Right. That, the, that, but that's just me. You're but, the video game guy that trades for everybody's best player. No, not really, but <laughs> but I want one good on both ends cuz I know there are kids that are good enough coming in. Like a Ty Smith is if Ty Smith made the roster this year, I'd say that's great. 
I'd, then maybe I wouldn't want want to reach for a Carlson. I'd maybe want to go that next tier lower to get right, somebody. Right, like Tyler. Like, again, that's another one where Tyler Myers would be a perfect teacher. Because I know, I know at least from a projecting a a buzz that's coming through of, the, of these guys like a Riley and a Walsh and, and all that kind. Of, are, wait, is his name Riley Walsh? No. No, there's a Riley and, and a there's Walsh. a Walsh. Okay, so there's named defensemen. And going back to this few, a lot of episodes ago. I like the way that Shiro went about drafting these kids. Last year, the last year or the year before his draft was essentially, I'm getting all these guys. They're all either captains or alternates of their teams, and their teams essentially went to like the Frozen Four, like for four straight years, kind of thing. Right, and you look at Hughes, and Hughes is the same way. I like that mentality where you're, you're. It's not oh, I'm going to draft a captain. It's I want. Players that are going to make my organization better, not just a line and not just like for Kapu Kapu Kaku. I, I, I always, since I've heard that name, I've always said he's going to be another Kobe. He's going to score you a whole shit ton of goals. Right. And then you're going to look behind you and everybody's going to be like, oh, I'm just watching you score, bro. Here, here's a puck. Go ahead. Right. You lost, you lost three to one and he scored the one goal. I, I don't want that. No, I agree with you. I mean, you look at our team. I mean, I want that, but I don't. I want his goals. I don't want that. Oh, look, we lost three one. He right. scored the one goal. That's. I look at our team and I look at, you know, like McLeod, was the captain of his team. Joey Anderson was the captain of his college team, and like, when you're, I and a lot of people put like, what's the emphasis on being a captain and blah blah blah. It's a guy that's putting the team above their own individual goals. You're not just naming a captain for the sake of naming a captain. Right. But what I mean is if you get a bunch of guys that were captains of their junior team, their cap their college team or mm-hmm. whatever, and now you bring them all together, a lot of people will say, Oh, it's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. I don't agree with that philosophy. What I agree with is you're taking all of these leaders and you're bringing them together and they know that this is the goal together, mm-hmm. not Oh man, I want to get thirty goals. To I guess emphasis on yours, you'd rather have the collegiate captains and alternates, on, at least the captains on your team, rather than getting signing six Taylor Halls that were former captains in the NHL already. That's where that too many Chiefs in a right. I, like that I, I end don't of think it, I wouldn't do it. I don't think Taylor Hall is captain, captain material. material. No, it's almost like an Eliash kind of thing where he's a good bit player, but not. I, I just think I think I don't know if he was the captain. In Edmonton? I think he was. I, I, I don't know. But if it was, it wasn't because of his leadership ability. No, it was because his name yeah, was I think Taylor it's Hall. because he was the best player on that team at yeah. the time. Um, I don't think right now McDavid's a good captain. I think he's the captain to make him happy. Which he's not. <laughs> so. so at least we agree on that from the whole aspect of, of what we have the direction that he's going yeah. yeah and then i think based off of that is you talk to these free agents that are out there like a skinner or a carlson just saying or an eberle and going look this is this is what we got coming up and this is what my plan is for you coming in sideways that you all need to mesh together and figure this out as being a team and not just a there's Kobe and the devils right like even just, if you look i mean lou kind of had the same philosophy too <clears throat> Because if you look at, like, Nito Meyer was the captain of this Kamloops team. Parisi was the captain of North Dakota. Like, you look at 
the best players that we've mm. had, they were all leadership players before they got to us. And then by getting like a, a guy like Scott Stevens, we talk about that in the next thing. Like, again, it's like like going into yeah. the free agency. You, you're bringing some dude in and going, okay, that's you know what? Bring your history with you and mesh it into this group. And, and I, I mean, it's not every player. It's not every player on your roster has to be a former captain or whatever because you know what? You do need... You need young big guys. players, yeah. You're going to need young guys to learn from, and then you're going to need other players that... Look at Travis Ajak, right? He came in, and who who brought him under their wing, right? And now look at it now. Who is he bringing under his wing? Right. He, Him and Mikey McLeod, I could see being very similar type mm-hmm. of players. Um, Brian Boyle with Rooney. You know, like, that. that's those kind of things that you, you're right, you need. And that's why I think Tyler Myers is the defenseman that we go after. Okay, so then an Eberle and a Tyler Myers? Okay. I would be okay with that. Okay. I'd be okay with Edler and Eberle. I'd be okay with, I mean, I don't think we would go after Zuccarello money-wise. Mm. Um, you, you know why I wouldn't? And this is probably more on a fan perspective. Because we got burned by, um, uh, what's his name, Grabner, as, as a former mm. Ranger. Like, we got burned by him. And I he just didn't want to be here. And I just don't want to get burned like that again. And we didn't use him right. We didn't use. Grabner, we put him like right? on the third line or yeah. something, right? So, I mean, we thought like, oh man, his speed on the penalty kill—it's going to be so great for us. And you know, he needed to play with players that are going to get him the puck, and he was playing with who? Wood. Wood, yeah. <laughs> two speedsters. <clears throat> Segment two on our list here as we jump ahead. Biggest UFA signings of all time. History yeah. buff Professor McKenna <laughs> to the stage. Yeah. Um, so Detroit has had some real big ones in their day. Brett Hall won a cup with them. Luke Robitaille won a cup with them. Again, this is all pre-cap. <laughs> Obviously. Um, Dominic Hasek won a cup with them. Brian Rafalski, who left us to go home again. We should have saw the fucking trend back then. <laughs> um, won the cup with them. So Detroit's had some good ones. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing guys from like the 30s and 40s and 50s and shit, but... Let's keep it recent. Yeah. Uh, Anaheim signing Timu. Mm-hmm. One of the best goal scorers, the Finnish Flash. And then, again, another guy who wanted to go and play with his brother, Scott Niedemeyer, who I believe he has his number tired in Anaheim as well. Scott? Yeah. Yes. I think he had it th- this Him year. Him and Timu, yeah. Or before, yeah. Uh, Dallas, they signed Eddie Belfour from... The, I believe it was Toronto at the time. Or no, they, they signed him from Chicago. He had a contract dispute in Chicago, and they ended up signing him. And Brett Hall, who scored the goal that won Dallas their first Stanley Cup, with his foot in the crease. <laughs> but that, neither hey. here nor there. Hey. Uh, looking at the Rangers, Ugh. Adam Graves was a great signing from them. He ended up being their leader. We want to talk about a guy that was a great leader. Um they re-signed Mark Messier. I know they traded for him back in 90, and then he walked to go play in Vancouver, and then they signed him back. Gretzky, they did sign Gretzky. Uh, Brad Richards was a good pickup for them. A lot of people were like, he sucked towards the end. He was older. Yes. And then who could forget the Chris Drury, Scott Gomez debacle? I always thought that Scott Gomez was a good pickup for them. They expected him to get like 90 points. <laughs> After that big year with us, right? Right. They expected him. He wasn't a 90-point player. 
He was a solid defensive center with a great first pass that could start your power play by skating the puck out of the zone, and he was going to get you anywhere between 65 and 80 points. And that's exactly what he did for the Rangers. And then they shipped his ass off to Montreal, and then he fell further and further down the hole, and then he came back home. Yeah, briefly. <laughs> uh, Boston signing Chara. I mean, that basically changed their franchise. Followed by this guy, Scott Stevens, who changed our franchise. Now, technically, did we sign him? Mm, we, Not, were, we were gifted him. We were gifted him, but we had to re-sign him. Yeah. Which, uh, which, isn't there a story about like re-signing him? Like, he didn't want to re-sign with us, right? No, he... I think he was playing hardball in the sense of that, like Lou offered him X amount and then he came out and was like, well, I don't really want to be here. And then Lou offered him a little bit more and it was like, all right, what do you want, Scott? And Scott, I think he was making, I want to say he was making like four and a half, anywhere between four and a half and six. And at that time, that was a lot. And then there was the Brodeur rule. Nobody, nobody makes more. Nobody makes more money than Marty. That's legit. That I mean, it wasn't that hard to go back and look, look at, at the, the salary. salaries yeah. of those <laughs> players, and you see like Marty Brodeur six whatever six point five, and then it was boom 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 boom, boom like <laughs> six point four, six point three, six point two. And Tampa Bay signing Marty St. Louis. Uh, Marty St. Louis was cut from Calgary. And you know, you know where else you can put for for UFA signing? When or St. Louis um, traded to the Rangers, mm-hmm. he was traded to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he even, was part he, of the Callahan deal, if I remember correctly. Even that that trade alone, kind of like just hanging on by that trade for him to the Rangers was a good thing too. One pl- so just like what Brett Hall being good for two two teams, right? Good for them. Oh, I mean, he was good. He was good before that. I mean, he right. was, no, it, did score fucking 76 goals for St. Louis in one year. <laughs> Peanuts. That <laughs> Another thing I want to mention is about that St. Louis when they won. Yes. They kept showing, like, all of these alumni from St. Louis. They showed, I think it was Kelly Chase, and he does uh, commentary for them. And he was in the hallway, and they said that, like, he was crying. Because that they, they were got, going... They finally got back. Yeah. Right, and... They show Chris Pronger, and they they asked Brett Hull, and they had him on TV. Like, all of these guys that were part of that Blues team for a long time and never got that chance. Um, I remember somebody reading somewhere when Ryan O'Reilly signed. I want to say it was, like, Larry Playfair or s- some guy that was there for a long time and, like, grabbed Ryan O'Reilly and was like, are you going to get me my Stanley Cup parade? Because I never got one as a player, and I want to be part of a Stanley Cup parade. And like Ryan O'Reilly's like, yeah, buddy, that's the that's the fucking goal. But can you imagine that? Like you you step foot on a new team, you're like, okay, like, let's get ready to rock. You have an alumni who has a history, grabs you by the fucking throat and says, "Get me a parade." I don't know if that's pressure or not, or. <laughs> but that's what you kind of want. You always want to involve your alumni. I mean, that's what I did when I was coaching, but that didn't get me too far. <laughs> Just think, if we were on the Devils, right? All, all you have, we don't, all right, let's put it this way, right? We don't have that many alumni, right? We, it, there's a very, it, it's a I mean, we have a lot of good alumni, it's just, it's, uh, they don't want to be involved with us. Why? 
Because they're suing Lou Lamarillo oh. for concussion stuff. <laughs> but when you look at it, right? You look at everybody who's who has retired numbers in their arena, minus the Rangers, and because they retire everybody. <clears throat> you have what five up there right now? Right? Yeah, five. Eliash Niedermeyer. Yeah. Danico, yeah. Stevens, Brodeur. <laughs> Put that on any team. Yep. You you'll get three rings and what? But there, I mean, Brodeur is on the team. Is uh, oh, he's a St. Louis legend. I mean, come yeah, on. I know, but he's involved with the team. Eliash seems to be getting closer to being involved with the team. Brelin is closer to being more of a big team. Yeah, a, a, a head coach. Or assistant coach somewhere. Stevens was, but I don't think he'll be back. Niedermeyer has no. I don't even think Niedem- when he got his number retired with us, he didn't, I, want, to... He didn't want to be here for it. Yeah. His out of I remember pretty much being at every one of people's speeches, every one of them. I barely remember Niedermeyer's because I think I sat there when we were what two oh nine when that happened. Yeah. And I just sat there going. Dude doesn't even fucking want to be like his. That was in the Meadowlands. No, Niedermeyer was in Newark. Was it? Yeah, the only, there were only two in in uh, Meadowlands. Uh, Stevens, Stevens and, and, and Danico. Danico. Yeah, I thought Niedermeyer was there too. Mm-hmm. No, Danico. I remember because we it was they set it up that we were sitting behind them. But Niedermeyer's speech was like, I think that was with the Devils defending. It was a great time. We won great championships and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the way he is though. But it, like, it's just I heard it. And I'm like, dude, just go. Go, go on, get out of here. Start the clock. It's time to talk about wrestling. Oh, no. And start the death clock. What, what did we go? Two weeks? Uh, yeah. I think so. Ashley Mazzaro, former Tough Enough winner. Yeah. Diva but... Search. I think she was the Diva Search. And it was, you know, it's a, it's not that it's <laughs> shocking when you hear wrestlers um, dying. Because it's like, na- like now it's like, okay, well, oh, well. But when the news, like. So we, you heard that she passed, and you heard everybody saying it's a shame, this and that, and the other thing. And then I saw a tweet that her daughter put out there saying, "I wish I was there, or I wish I ha- I wish I'd hug you one more time right now. I need you, word, you know, all that kind of stuff." So it's it's heartbreaking. And then you hear how she did it. Alleg- allegedly, she hung herself due to depression. Get help. <laughs> it, it's. I, I don't know. I, I cannot get into a brain or I cannot understand when a brain says your only out is to off yourself. Ah, uh, yeah. This, this I, is a conversation for another but, show. It's, but it is it is a sad state that at 39 years old. Yeah, she's our age. She was part of, she's also part of that lawsuit against the WWE and concussions. Like, concussions. I read that she's having her brain. Dedicated to science stuff. Donated, and, yeah, know. to the the concussion mm-hmm. uh, Will Smith guy. And what is that going to do? I mean, it, I get it. I don't know why she wouldn't donate it to Chris Nowinski because he's the fucking brain guy now too. Yeah, it's true. But uh, maybe she felt a little too much connection to the WWE. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sad that she passed away, but. Speaking again, 20 years. It, 20 years to the day. We are recording on 20 years to the day that Owen Hart dropped to his death. Is is that like the challenger? Like, where were you? Where were you the day? I was in Mexico. Were you? I was in school in Mexico, and I remember turning on the TV on ESPN Desportes. 
and they had Owen Hart and they had like the numbers where you're like, oh, whatever, he died, 19. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And to this day, one of my friends still thinks it's a work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And I think we talked about it last week that that's footage that will never be seen. I was reading an article, I think on nodq.com or something like that for like wrestling stuff, <clears throat> that the photographer that was there found notes of what he had, like, due to the, the police investigation and his own personal kind of thing, and he put passages on it. That he was taking pictures of the, of the actual get-up and stuff that they had, and he basically says that what they think happened was that as he was coming down... He pulled the wrong string. His cape got stuck, and he tried to pull it out of the way, and he accidentally hit what was... He hit, like, the release so he can get out of his thing, and... I heard that he was holding, and I mean, if you've ever done fucking like rock climbing or whatever, there's a string that holds your weight, and there's a string that is your release so that you can go down. Yeah, what's the one that's under your butt? That's the one I remember from. I think class. that's the one that holds your weight because it goes under your butt and kind of like that's a saddles me, yeah. you. But yeah, to this day, Owen Hart. I mean. He, he And he would only be 54. He'd probably still be wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like Ric Flair. Oh, and by the way, thank <laughs> you, you know, kudos to Ric Flair. Home after the hospital, after his little scare incident, health scare incident. Dude's in his 70s. I would expect it by now, but every time I, I heard that, I'm like, no, <sighs> again. Yeah, he, he's a guy that needs to stay home. Come out at, come out at WrestleMania. Wave do, your cap. Do a wave and then go in the back. Yep, go in the back. Have no yourself ang- some Chardonnay and no, no angles, no nothing. Just I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran. Thank you. Goodbye. Do you think like he's like that seventy year old that like when he goes to WrestleMania and he's backstage, like they have him on a couch and you just see him like, like <laughs> nodding off like Grandpa at fucking Christmas time? No, I think he want he he brings his little you know his entourage. Big, yeah, he brings his little little underwear with him and saying I'm getting in the ring. I'm gonna like, and it's gonna be same thing when he's like ninety and hundred. If you need me, well, that's what they said about if you watch the uh, the fabulous Moolah one, uh-huh. and fa- they were like, she shouldn't have been out there in her eighties getting fucking power bombed through tables by the Dudleys and stuff. Like, but young. but they said like, once you start wrestling and it gets in your blood, it's very very you can't, you can't, you get, can't out get out of it. And she's one of those people that was you know it was in her. Hey, you know, speaking of trying to get out, apparently AEW is having issues already. The man by the name of Pac. Tupac? No, Pac. X-Pac? No. Oh, for two. You want to try another one? Hmm. What the hell was his name? He was... Pacific Athletic Conference? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the whole damn conference. Allegedly, he he is a, a heavyweight champion in another wrestling organization and within that his contract says that he he can't he doesn't want to lose any matches to taint this other championship at all until he drops the belt there which is apparently the issue he's having with AEW they said he wasn't supposed to lose this but i think he was like the way they wrote it out for it that it, they booked him to look weak yeah and it's like no i don't want to do this it's like you you are burning bridges that really are just being built right now. Sounds like he he might have a deal with another company in up north. Uh, is that what you're reading? 
Or is that what it smells like? That's what it smells like to me. But, that's fine. But, that's not even the big match. The double or nothing. The big match is what? Omega and Jericho. Right. But I thought the Omega and Jericho and then the winner of this match was supposed to face off for their heavyweight title. On TV? I don't know. I doubt it. Oh, well. AEW, officially, TNT. Chris Jericho is back. Now, I have a huge question, okay? As big as Jericho is, and if you actually look at the merchandise on AEW's website, they have an AEW is Jericho. It looks exactly like the Raw thing in AEW colors. But they should take the TNA logo and do Jericho is AEW, and it's the TNT AEW is in TNT letters. But that's his gimmick. That's his thing. You know? Welcome to Monday Night Jericho. How in the hell... I hope he comes out with the big ponytail. Is No, he's he looks like... Yeah, he, he looks like a different person, man. Yeah, he's all tatted up now and weathered. How did Vince let this happen? How did Vince let him go? How did Vince let JR go? To go here, unless this is some kind of ultimate goal where it's like, ha ha, we WCW'd you. I think it's because Vince is spending way too much time sucking Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns and not paying attention to his son, his daughter, his son-in-law, who have a real finger on the pulse of this business, and yet Vince is still living... You know, but let me tell you something, brother. You know, kind of. Can can, can we have a Randy Savage? Can we get what's his name from TNA to reincarnate his machismo character? Because goddamn it, I want Randy Savage back on my TV. Did, I want the gimmick back on my TV. They had uh yesterday. They had the the dark side of the ring mm-hmm. again, and they added things to the the macho Elizabeth one. Oh. Already, uh-huh. and I mean, I guess it was just stuff that they cut out to yeah. fit, and it was Bruce Pritchard. Was that Brother Love? Yes. And he was like, "So one day, everyone wondered, did Macho really talk like that?" And they asked Lenny Poffo and all this, uh-huh. and Lenny's like, "Well, how did he get that voice?" Like he goes, "I think a lot of it was him talking when he first started, and weed that he had that <laughs> raspy voice," and he goes. And then when he got older, it kind of his voice just stayed that way. And that he met some movie guy, a Leslie Nielsen. And he was talking something. And I love your show, brother, and the naked gun movies. And like, and Leslie Nielsen walked away and went to Bruce Pritchard and was like, man, if he's going to talk like that, all he's not going to like, by the time he's 60, he's not going to have a voice. He's like, no, no, that's, that's how he really talks. <laughs> that's his voice. If he keeps gimmicking. You, you and then they talk to Bischoff and Bischoff's like, his voice is easily the easiest voice to do an imitation. You just kind of scratch it up a little bit. And I stared at a candle. <laughs> Look at you. You're dying already. I know. <laughs> Your face is turning red, everything. So, oh. yeah, it, it was pretty fun. Yeah, but who was Wasn't it Xavier Woods? No. It, um, no, it wasn't. Hold on. Well, he looks that up. Uh, Kevin Owens 
basically came out and said that he was kind of pissed off that he was left off of WrestleMania and that they wanted him there, like, in Giant Stadium, even though he wasn't competing. And he was like, no. He goes, if you have nothing for me, I'm going home. And he went home. Jay Lethal. He went home and... How do you not get fired? And he said, I'm going home. I'll be back. I'll be here on Monday. But how do you not get fired? If your boss tells you, "Get, I want you here. And now he turns around and says, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia either. <laughs> I think he's looking... To get out? To get out. Because he really would be... Oh, my a God. A huge star in AEW. Anywhere. Dude, and he, he could go back to his original name and not have to worry. He shows up anywhere. I don't TNA, AEW, uh, Ring of Honor, anywhere. Fucking St. Anne's down in fucking Monmouth County somewhere. <laughs> Comes out of the little, you know, paper bag thing. Pop, instant pop, holy crap. Yep, and he said if you're working for this company and you're not on WrestleMania and you don't take it hard, you should find another line of work. Pretty much. Considering it's, what, 12 hours long now? Yeah. <laughs> They're starting next uh, WrestleMania tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar came back <gasps> and won Money in the Bank, even though he wasn't in the actual match. Yeah, and then I like Paul Heyman's. I watched Raw for the first time. I don't know how long. And I liked his whole, oh, I made like a quick little thing and, and nobody knew it. I'm like, that's a that's a good cover-up, and it's good that Paul Heyman was able to verbally do that. And right, you're looking at it going, that's complete bullshit. It's it's like when you watch a sci-fi movie, and you're like, how are they smoking in space? <laughs> There's no air in space. And then they just drop in a line like, well, you know, it's the Bella Magnatora that makes it possible for you to smoke in space, and that's all it takes to write into a fucking movie. So that's what he did. I, I, it's Okay. The whole beating a dead horse name and thing... It is nothing compared to this Brock Lesnar WWE career. I'm sick. I am sick of him being in this title picture. A lot of tweets I read on the HSSK pod Twitter account that we follow was like, oh, look, Brock Lesnar's back. Congrats on not pushing somebody who deserves it. <laughs> right. Like, I thought that Ali guy was going to win it. They said he was supposed to. It was either him or um, I think McIntyre. I mean, yeah. shock there, but it was either one of those two guys, and, like, they changed it last minute. Like, they told the wrestlers that, you know, some if something happens at this point, that person wins. Like, something like that. But they didn't say who. So you mean that look of shock and awe on Ali's face when he saw fucking Lesnar coming out was real? Yeah, he's like, him? See, like, how as a wrestler and as a human being, and I know you're under contract and it's just like any other job, you kind of got to watch it. Mm -hmm. But, like, how did Ali not just look and go, you got to be fucking kidding me? <laughs> or how did he just not? He looked at it because obviously Brock's got to take some time to come out to the ring and you're sitting there with your hands. Why don't you fucking take it? And then the, and then the referee's like, Yeah. That would be because you would never. <laughs> he would be hanging out with Lilo Rush with that belt. Speaking of belts, can 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 we can, can can we talk about this a little bit? By the way, we won't say who came up with this idea. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't us. It was not us at all. Oh, I said bring back the hardcore title, have them defended twenty four seven like they used to. 
it's it's the a, look of the belt is stupid the yes. color scheme is stupid yes. the fact that you put 24 7 on it is stupid yes. while every other championship belt has some instance of a wwe logo on it this really looks like they what they really did is they took the old hulk hogan heavyweight championship belt that they ripped up for the hardcore and just glued it back together and spit shined it a little bit. Like I said, there could have been such a better fuck. And who has it right now? Fucking our truth has the belt. Can and the and the fact that you have a twenty four seven rule is one stupid. Two oh now you're trying to promote all these things over social media that I'm gonna go take a piss in the bathroom and then I'm gonna get pinned. Oh yeah, how soon? How soon before some guys in the fucking airport and just get spears the shit out of our truth and like. I like, got the belt. Like you and me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and like, you could have done it in, like, having McFoley come out, I guess, was a tease in the sense that everybody thought it was going to be the hardcore yeah. belt again. And I guess it kind of is because you can defend it everywhere. But you could have done it in such a better fucking way. Like, you're going to give it to R Truth, and he's going to be the guy that has it for now. I don't know if anybody, if it changed hands at all on fucking SmackDown. Okay. You have R-Truth, who's a clown, and everybody knows it. That's his kind of gimmick. Have him look through one of those boxes that, you know, like the ones on wheels that they always throw people into. Yeah. Open up the box, and there's Stone Cold smoking Skull's belt. And he just picks it up and puts it on his shoulder, and now just starts walking around with it. And then he comes down to the ring, and they're like, and it's R-Truth. And he, he grabs the mic, and he goes, no, no, you have to introduce me as... The Stone Cold Champion, our truth. And you just, there you go. You introduce the belt. You don't have to have fucking Mick Foley come out and be like, all right, it's a race. First one to the belt gets it. Yay! Like, it was fucking stupid. Like, you just, all it took was a little bit of creative writing. Which probably was. They got smacked smack down. And you make it look like, and then you have like our truth. Even if you didn't want it to be the Stone Cold, you have him pick up the, our, the Stone Cold belt. No, I'll get in trouble for that one. Something. And then he picks up the 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 divas title, the one with the butterflies, and he puts it on, and he's like, "Oh, it doesn't fit." And then he picks up the hardcore title or the European yeah. title. Did he also put? On, I think he put on his Twitter account something like he took it and go, "Oh, I have my European championship." Like I was reading, going, "What?" I, I, I get why they're doing it because now you're giving mid-carters bullshit you're not giving mid-carters you're giving the freaking jobbers a belt right but you're giving your mid-carters to jobbers a belt but as jim ross stated oh yeah this is a hell of a line man and he's like titles in this business have never meant less than they do right now and it is it's a meaningless title especially if you're going to defend it 24 7 and i could be walking to the ring and get knocked out and get pinned bang you know like at least if you gave like our truth found the belt in a box or the garbage or whatever, and you have he has it now and he's defending it, like yeah, you know it might not mean anything, but the fact that I could be walking backstage and now I have a new champion, and then you're gonna go on WWE website and see, oh look, the titles changed hands seventeen times in one RAW. Yeah, and then you're gonna go to sleep one night, wake up the next morning, and have three notifications that somebody was you know pinned in a pisser on an air ride. And- I, re- I really think that they're throwing so much shit against the wall to see what sticks. Like, the third hour is going to be raw. What does that mean? You have no idea. Is you, it going to be? Is it going to be like hardcore matches? Is are we going to get back to bra and panty matches? You can't because you're a public company and it's PG thirteen. All they've done so far 
is lower the lights. They turned off the mega, the, the Titan Tron. Uh-huh. <laughs> is it still called the Titan Tron? Yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's, it is for us. <laughs> And they turned off the lights and they dim all the lights around the ring. So it looks like the ring is just a spotlight. That's all I've seen so far. And that they're trying to make it look like it's too polished. Like even Eric Bischoff said it, that it, the, the product right now in WWE is too polished and it's, they're so, it's so predictable. I, I agree on the predict, predictability part of it. That it is. There's no like. Oh, who's it going to be his partner? You know who's going to be this guy's partner. Because they already have the graphic made up with the, the fucking, you know, the shape of the guy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's either AJ Styles or Maven <laughs> based on the Maven. shape. Maven. Holy <laughs> crap. Now, there, there, there isn't any, as I wrote down, like, there isn't any holy shit moments anymore. And, and it, it's compounded by the fact of everybody has spoilers and it's all out on the internet already. So essentially what Eric Bischoff did way back when in Nitro about giving out spoilers created all this. <laughs> you really want to think about it. But still, it creative part of wrestling is not is not there anymore. And apparently um um uh, AJ Styles signed his last contract of his career essentially. He said this is the last one he's signing. He wants to retire with the WWE. So he's not going anywhere else. So what did he sign a 5-year deal? I don't what know. What is he? He's 40. Yeah. So there you go. He goes. He goes. It's it's like the the PG company, like the product that they're putting. He's almost going like the Shawn Michaels route. Where well, like he is. Religion. He's like a Southern kind of yeah. Baptist guy. He, the, his his religion and personal beliefs plays a lot into his character and where he works, kind of thing. So you're gonna so. tag him with Shawn Michaels and be the Holy Rollers? Uh, sure. <laughs> wow. Sure. I mean, they'd they'd be a good tag team. Which one's Marty Jannetty now? Um, Shawn Michaels would be Marty Jannetty mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> so you get Superman punched through the window of beefcakes. <laughs> Barbershop? No, it's going to be, uh, what's her name's? The moment, uh, the moment, moment of, of bliss. bliss. Yeah. Uh, yep, no more holy shit moments. But you could have holy shit moments if, if you threw some money at wrestlers to come back and wrote some intriguing storylines. So going backwards, like, it, and we were just talking about, like, having Shawn Michaels come back. What is he? He's got to be 50s. 54. Yeah. He's still probably a better wrestler than 90% of the people on that roster. If you put The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in a match again today, I'll, I'll say it like this. It would still be decent enough. Right, but if you were to put him in a match with, like, Kevin Owens... Or AJ or Seth Rollins, that's going to be a good match. Like it, th- they have enough where they could carry him. Yes. At the same time, Shawn Michaels has enough to sell. Yes, he's still in wrestling shape. And on top of that, no one does a super kick better. Nobody in the fucking business. It's his move, right? It's his. It's hair. awesome. It's, it's his... so awesome that move. And you, it's to this day, you know he's not hitting him, but when you hear the. Yes. And you're like, oh man, he had to hit him. And you know that he just, all he did was hit his fucking leg. But you're like, you're not paying attention to him hitting his leg when he. You know, you know how great his Superman or his super kick is. Look at our fucking show logo. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a good dynamite drop in Monty. <laughs> uh, the Young Bucks as a tag team in a in a tag team division right now in WWE that is 
Other than the, I don't know how many times I have to watch the Usos and the fucking Revival wrestle each other. I think they're really trying to get like, this is the new tag team rivalry. Like a, like a demolition and heart foundation kind like of the, thing. Like the Hardys and yeah. the Edge and Christian, which is fine. And I think they're trying to make the Usos like Edge and Christian. Yeah, but take the, take the whole, you know, thug gimmick out of it. Come on. They're, they're, they're islanders. They're trying to be, yeah. They're islanders. No, they're from they're the not... mean streets of fucking Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I had to do? I had to go down and catch fresh fish every day. Somebody's watched a Moana movie too much. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't... Look, you know what's going to make the tag team division better? Hire somebody who is in a tag team, like a Bret Hart or or whatever, and make them like the road agent for the tag team division. Let Triple H worry about the main roster. Let somebody like, if he was still around, like a Mr. Perfect or... Um, Shawn Michaels or whatever, lead like the yeah, Intercontinental. Like, I mean, they have Shawn Helms. They have Sugar Shane Helms, I mean. They do? Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a road agent? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let him be the dude. Whoever. I mean, he was in the greatest tag team ever with Evan Courageous and Shannon Moore. Three count. And I won't add Tank Abbott in there because he was in there <laughs> for a while. Abbott. Evan Courageous. Whatever happened to that fucking guy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want I don't He had a great him. look. Other than being a white guy with dreadlocks. <laughs> but you need to have somebody, tag team-wise, sit there, write it, script it, do what you gotta, fig- put two people together, whether it's Robert Roode with somebody who... They match- tried that already. But, no, okay, the other dude who's, you know, on the same level as um, D'Lo Brown, okay? Put Robert Roode with somebody or whatever, you know? Like... The bar, sans injury, great. Okay, if a Hardys can't, Hardys are back, right? Fine. Let the Hardys write it. The tag team division. Do something because your tag team division has solely <clears throat> sucked. Since, yeah, but, I mean, since Triple H kind of rose into power about with being the operations guy for this this product, and I get that Vince has last say in it and stuff. But I think about it. He had last say back in the '80s when he had Demolition, and he had yeah. But it was different back then. There was less to watch on TV. Really think about it now. There was so much. There's a fucking thousand channels. Right, but you can write a tag. Go back then and redo the storylines, but find people to put together that work as a tag team. Right, you have the Us. I mean, we went through this. You have the Usos. You have the Revival. You have. You had Anderson and Gallows. Uh, Anderson and Gallows, who have been on the last couple of time weeks. Okay? So you have three tag teams there that can have any kind of match that you want. A hardcore match, mm. a cage match, whatever. But they don't do that stuff anymore. They don't, like, it, it seems like a hardcore match or a cage match or a, a no-holds-barred match or a false count anywhere, it's no DQ match. Like, all those matches are only for singles wrestlers. And it's never, like, those are the matches that get people over, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I didn't grow up, I mean, I watched it in the 80s, but I watched it more in the Attitude Era. But you still kind of had it then, too. Yeah, but you can't do it now, because they're not oh, going to do those hardcore yes. matches. Where, who was cheesy. it, fucking Morris, who's Johnny Morrison, and who was the other, Joey Mercury. Where Joey Mercury had his face exploded when he got hit with a ladder. I don't know, you can't do all that stuff. 
But who? Oh, um, who was it? What's his name? Was power bombed on a freaking ladder? That oh, it was good. Snapped in half, but yet he bounced. Ricochet. Yeah. See, Ricochet and Alster Black were a good tag team. Where's Eric Young's fucking group? And the Viking Raiders, they weren't on this week either, unless I fast-forwarded through them. And the other one, the the new fucking Bushwhackers. Heavy machinery, like... Oh, you know who you can put together? Put the racist in Braun Strowman, since you don't have a thing for Braun Strowman anymore. There's your new... Um, oh, your uh, t- Titans uh, of Terror or yeah. something. That's a good tag team name. Your Hakeem and, and, and Big Boss Man. Put them fucking together. Titans of Terror. Titans of Terror. Fuck yeah, you throw them you throw belts on them? There's a good year. Have him pull down the Titan Tron like the old school fucking big show, like when he fucking pulled Let's not go that far. I mean that that's pretty that that's a good coin right there to No, I know, but you like You break something on it, sure. Yeah. Yes. You pull the screen down. Yeah. Yeah, like it's <laughs> like, like it's like, fucking science class on the projector. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody know how to work this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley would be a good one. Not uh, only as not as the Dudley boys, as his character that he had in TNA. And the, then the Aces and Eights guy. Yeah, and just to have him as a a new like there's somebody that should be an agent slash writer because everything that I read where he goes, this is how I would book it. Sounds stupendous. Sounds like for the the triple main event. The, the I mean the, the women's triple threat match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. He was like, "Have it. You have to ha- get two falls. If you get pinned, you're out. Two out of three. Yeah, or yeah. So that it's you know like she had to pin Becky and she had or she had to pin Charlotte and she had to pin Ronda and now neither one of them can talk shit. That's why she has both belts. I was like, right. excellent idea. His other idea is when Becky was a heel." and Charlotte was supposed to be the face, was Ric Flair comes out to, like, check on Charlotte, like she hurts her knee or whatever, mm-hmm. and Becky just beats the living piss out of Ric Flair and says, I'm going to keep doing it until you lay down. It worked. It would have worked. It would have been at least something different. Yes. Um, Edge and Christian, even though neither of them could wrestle, as we were talking, a team that could be tag team royalty. You know, or somebody that could be a tag team writer. Mm-hmm. Both those guys. I mean, they're still with the company. And I'm not. And look, I'm not looking for them to recreate tables, ladders, and chairs or anything. But I want them to go. Look, this is how a tag team wrestling match goes, and this is th- these are your roles. This is how it's supposed to look, and this is how the ending is going to go. I don't. I don't want the high flying shit. I want. I want to sit there and I want to watch like a Hogan versus Andre the Giant. You want to see ring sure. psychology? Yeah. You know. You want to see them sell the moves, and you want to see it build. It, didn't Becky Lynch on Twitter? Uh, she well, who did she beat for the title? The the stupid chick that shooting money out of a gun. The fuck was that? Sasha Banks. No. Uh, Lacey Evans. Yeah, that she put up like two tweets. It's like this is how you sell it. She had an NXT match with like Bale. No, with with uh, Sasha Banks, and she sold a drop kick. Like it was pretty good. And then the Lacey Evans thing, like she drop kicked her, and like Lacey Evans just like. Like she, her head jerked back, and then she like cl- like collapsed like a sack of potatoes, and then she was like, "No, you sell it like this." Like she's shit talking on how wrestlers today aren't selling stuff. That's not good for business. Yeah, that show the wrestlers on Viceland, the the one guy I forget his name, Gabe 
something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, they had some young kid, Austin Theory, who is in his early 20s. And he's like, I normally wouldn't sign somebody this young without the experience. He goes, but let me tell you what this kid can do that other wrestlers his age don't do. He goes, he sells it with his face. When he's like in an arm bar, he's not just like wincing, like, uh, like he's like screaming and, and clawing. He goes, you don't see that from rookie or inexperienced wrestlers. He goes, this guy is selling it. And he goes, he may not, he may still be green in the sense that he's not and he doesn't able to tenure, do yeah. right. But he goes, this guy can sell anything that you've, you're going to throw at him. And he goes, that's what it's all about. He goes, you have to make the fan believe that this person might really be hurting. You know, you know what wrestling really needs, and just think about it. Another death? Um, maybe, but um, no. It it needs to take the fan out of it, and bring it back to storytelling, in ring stuff, and not selling it all. Oh, but the fans want, like, you could say, like, and the fans want, like, you know, Ric Flair to have another title run. You can tease it. But it's what it's like that whole best for business tagline is that you need to take the fans out of it. They need to stop controlling who becomes a heel and who becomes a face and, you know, and how it re, uh, you know, redesigns how a character's uh, story path is now. Right. You need to take the fan out of it. And sports radio 66. <clears throat> um, Kenny Omega would be a great one. I think they would misuse him if they brought him. I was looking at AEW's website. He's like a co-founder kind of thing. Like him, the Young Bucks, and um, Cody Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes. They're all like like co-owner kind of thing. So oh, He ain't going anywhere. No, but, but I'm just saying, I like, get if it. you could throw money at him and do, I don't want to say an invasion angle because it's been so fucking done, and it never really works. The only one I ever remember working was Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Saturn. I think they tease that one too much. Like well, that, when, as soon as you see them on camera, you know, all right, yeah. well, they're fucking here. They're, yeah. You know, they're not just, it's not like me at WrestleMania where I'm like, hey, look, it's Teddy Hart and fucking Davey Boy <laughs> Smith's kid. What the hell is his name? Davey Boy Jr. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Harry Smith. Yeah, Harry, there you go. But if you do a Kenny Omaga, you do anybody, right? They come out on top of the, on, at the top of the ramp, no background, no nothing. They just come out and it's like one of those, like they're just almost like how the outsiders kind of came through with like generic clothing. You have this guy come out at top of the ring. You at this point in wrestling, you know when guys are signed or whatever. We right. see them on TV, so let's just throw that out of the way. He comes out on top of the stage or whatever and walks down to the ring and beats the shit out of somebody. Get picks up a mic, looks to the camera and says, it's "We're free, here. It's fucking on. Drop it and walk we're taking back. over." Easy. You do something like a Kenny Omaga, even a Y2, even a Jericho. Like I tell you, you, you have the Young Bucks. I, I don't really need to see fucking Cody Cody again. Okay. Like he was good, but you're Stardust. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you have the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. And like Jericho. And Jericho. And they do what you say. They have them come or even come out of. Not, no, not, not the fan. I want them to come out no, of the not, stage. No, not sitting in the crowd. You have them come out of the crowd. No. Right? Have uh, them come I, out. I could get it, but uh, all right. Come out of the crowd, beat the shit out of Whoever. Roman or whatever. Okay? They grab the camera. Okay. Okay? 
grab the camera. You have another cameraman on another side so that you could see him grabbing the camera and you have them grab the camera, look right into the camera, pull it up close and be like, we're taking control of this show now and throw the camera down and the screen goes black and it turns to fucking modern family. You need, like you said, you need that surprise. And that's going to make me turn on Tuesday to see what the fuck is happening on SmackDown. And see if somebody's going to come out. Nobody's going to come out, but you tuned in to watch it. And then Monday rolls around. And, and they, they, you start to show off with, we want to apologize. We had some crazy fans that, that grabbed, the sta- grabbed it. And like you, you don't ig- not acknowledge that. You acknowledge it happened, but you don't acknowledge who, who it or was. what. Yes. And you kind of have everybody on edge. And yes. And you, you do like an Outsiders where maybe it's the next that week. Or not. Jericho comes out. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. I. Jericho comes out, stands by the ring, and, and it, just throws fucking popcorn in somebody's face. And it's, and literally, it's not Y2J, it's not Jericho is raw, it's Chris Jericho. Not, not looking fuzzy. crazy. It's fuzzy. <laughs> no scarves, no list. No, 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 that shit. No, no little fucking Fu Manchu crap. Just, it's Chris Jericho, like, turned heel. Like, absolute and all, heel. And, I mean, you do the same. I mean, The Rock would be great to come back just because there's nobody that brings the electricity. And you can, and at any point that The Rock would come back, you it, it's It's face. must watch. It's, it's face every time. You can't heal him at all. No. You can't. Just like Stone Cold, you can't heal him either. Yeah, well, Stone Cold can't. I mean, neither can Edge. Edge can, really can't wrestle anymore no, either. But. And then, or, talking about a fucking invasion angle... I would like to see CM Punk back because I still think he's got enough to be such an anti-hero. And you put him part of that Kenny Omega, Jericho, Young Bucks. That invasion angle that wrestling wrestling and or you, Vince, fucked me. Yeah. You, you, turn, it, you turn it real. Enough, Make it real, right. Enough to say, you know what? No. Then And you just... As we're getting into like Thanksgiving and Survivor Series, just kind of started out with that. He goes, you know what? Put your best fucking people together, Triple H, and let's go. Yeah, you put your team together, and we'll I put our. It. And it's not even close. You let them, you let Punk, Jericho, Omega, and the Young Bucks. So it's a five on five. They completely destroy. It's five nothing. You just have them completely you, destroy. You'd, you'd have Cena. You'd have... Um, no, you, you don't pick Cena because he's not going to be around. You, you have Roman. You have Rollins. Yeah. You have AJ. Yeah. You have... Who would be the, the hot tag team? The Usos. Okay? Mm. I know, but the okay. way you're setting it up is yes. you have those five, and now Punk... Oh, you have your... And, cha- you have all your champions. You have all your champions because it's... Right. It's company versus right. invaders. So then you have Punk beats beats Rollins. Mm-hmm. You have Jericho beats uh, Roman. Mm-hmm. You have Kenny Omega beats, I don't know, who would be the other champion, I guess. Kofi. Kofi. And then you have the Young Bucks beat the Usos, and we go R5 beat your best five, and they pick up the belts. And they walk away. And just do one of these. and walk, Yeah. And then you, you know what you could really do, right? Because you have CM Punk in there. Daniel Bryan's having a little bit of a bad day, right? Where did he come from? He came from the Indies. Oh, 
So it's one of those, the big guys fucked me over because I'm an indie guy. Okay. He joins, he turns. You know what I mean? And you know what I do? I give them a manager. I give them a manager and you sell it like this. Let's just say it's fucking Bischoff. Okay. You sell it as Bischoff and he goes, I'm not paid by the WWE and neither are my guys. I pay them. So every time they win a match, you see Bischoff come in, drop the money. Here's your money. They take it and walk away. And it's like, he's paying me. I don't work for fucking Vince. And there's no intro. They can come down the stage, but it's like blank screen. It's like the WWE logo, whatever. There's no entrance music. There's no gear. It's just plain black, whatever, and go. Even if you have like the AEW colors, whatever. But and they don't have a name. No, they're not like the NWO. They're not any. They're just them. Them. All right, Vince, we're available. No, fuck it. Triple H, we're available. He'd probably go for it because it's not DX. It's not NWO. It's just it, and it's almost like it's roguish, right? You, you're trying to like you know bring up ratings or pump up ratings or whatever, and. There's just there's nothing for the fans to control, and there's no right. There's no at the moment. There's no merchandise for them. They 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 just all wear black fucking t-shirts, whatever it is, whether it's their like Y2J, whether it's Young Bucks, whatever their their thing in very bland, basic, no, no nothing, and do it that way. Yeah, and and I mean you put super groups together so that you could break them up, and you just break them up simply. You have fucking one day you show a backstage segment of Jericho talking to Triple H. And the other four turn around and go, what the hell? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, little by little. Yeah. And then you have a Jericho Omaga. You have a you have a white uh, you have a Jericho or, or um, Punk Styles. And... Yeah, it works. It works. Oh. You just need to take the fan and everything else out of wrestling. You That's just need all. to give everything a chance. That's it. I'm going to go home and write this storyline. Okay. And then you could pitch it. You know what you need to do? If you're going to write this up, put watermarks all over the fucking shit Uh, and save it as PDF or whatever so they can't edit it. I make two copies of it and then mail it to myself (laughs) with the postmark on it. That's all you need to do, man. So stay tuned. I mean, I don't know if we can beat that, but stay tuned for, I guess it would be after the playoffs when we do our How Would We Fix Wrestling show. And this is fucking replay this segment. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know that you're never going to sign Punk and all this group, but you could do the same storyline with somebody, with people that are doing nothing in your fucking company right now. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, Daniel Bryan. You take fucking EC3 just because he was a champion in TNA, you know? Yeah. You you take guys that you're you're suppressing and turn it turn it real, just saying, you know. Braun Strowman right I've, now. I've I've come, I've earned, yet you ignore me. Look what happens. I'd watch. I would start watching wrestling religiously again. If that you have happened. a fo- have them on the phone and be like, no, no, and then fucking Bischoff, and he's paying me. Oh, you're still under contract. You can't leave. Okay, I can't leave, but you're not paying me. I'm gonna do what I want. Speaking of not getting paid, High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. Getting paid for any of this. If you agree with us, you know, come at us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, anywhere. On the contact page, sskpod.com. You can hear us on Player FM, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean. 
like Dave said, Twitter and Facebook, HSSKPod. One of the things I want to mention is I listen to a lot of other podcasts, mm-hmm. wrestling and hockey, and I often hear people making mistakes. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong there. It wasn't that. It was this. It was, th-. And nobody ever calls them out. Maybe you should be... Call me out. If I made a mistake and I said fucking it was Jimmy Dean instead of Kevin Dean, call me out. <laughs> Jimmy Dean. <laughs> so, Dave, you like the sausage, eh? <laughs> you like the sausage. <laughs> Next right. week, I believe we're talking about... Woo! Five for fighting. Five for fighting, folks. Not Next. the band, because that band sucked. I'm 13 for the moment. They sing that shit song, right? I think so. I don't know. That Superman song? Anyway. Well, Dave. Tell your friends. Go ahead. Tell your friends. Like, dislike, unlike, like it again. Subscribe, unsubscribe. Go on your (laughs) iTunes and make sure you give us a five star. The more you help us. The more we help you. The more we can help you when we get sponsorships and we give them a promo code. That helps you because, you know, 10, 20% off on your favorite products. Thanks to HSSK Pod. Thanks to us and thanks to you. So help us. Hey, Dave. If you're not down with that, you have one word for them. Total.